What's up, beautiful? And welcome to Relationship Badass, the podcast. I'm Nikki Sunshine, your host, and I'm here every single week to bring you juicy episodes that are loaded with tips, tricks, ideas, powerful mindset shifts, and all the things related to helping you have empowering, sexy, thriving, deep relationships. So buckle up, grab yourself a glass of tea, wine, bubbles, and get cozy as we dive into this week's episode. What's up, badasses? It's Nikki Sunshine here, and welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special episode for you today, and it's a bit lengthy, so I'm honestly going to skip all announcements this week just because I care about your time, and (laughs) this conversation is a bit longer than my usual episodes. But what I have for you today It's honestly just a conversation between me and my good friend, Freya Callen of the Gobi Universe. You guys may remember her from episode 23 or 24, I think. Anyway, Freya's back and we are just riffing in this conversation and honestly just sharing our stories and our journeys and those kind of big pivotal moments in our lives. I hope that this episode brings you inspiration and relatability and um, maybe even a sense of personal peace and or personal power. So get cozy, uh, grab yourself a glass of yums, and enjoy this deeply enlightening and beautiful conversation between myself and Freya Callen. Yay, Boo, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. And I just want my audience to get to know you. So I would love if you could kind of take me to a place in your journey where something clicked, something shifted, um, where the journey maybe even began. I'd love to hear about that. Oh, I love this question. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I think back to this pivotal moment on my, my lifelong adventure, um, I think of a time when I was in college. Um, and before this, it felt like in my, in my journey, I could only experience my magic or my like most me essence when I was alone. And so a lot of times that would take place when like my family was out of town or they were like out of the house for a couple of hours. Um, and I would like get to experience this like giantness of my energy Mm. inside of those spaces. Um, and how that kind of showed up in, in my interactions with other people is that, uh, I often tried to chameleon myself into whatever role they like wanted me to fit into. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so often like, late high school, early college that turned into being this like wild party girl, blonde, short dress, like Mm -hmm. silly, playful, um, 
slightly bitchy like version of me that didn't at all actually encompass like who I feel like I am. Okay. But it's who you felt like people wanted you to be. It's, it's how I felt like I could be the least threatening to people. Gotcha. In my perception of who I was, because Mm -hmm. this idea of embodying all of myself felt like taking up a hell of a lot of space, being super big, super colorful, Mm. uh, super creative and like all these things feeling like I was going to impose in other people's space. So instead I started to adopt whatever other people were doing. Yes. To try and uh, blend in and not cause too much of a fuss, not be too big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, you know, I was going out every single night of the week in college, Mm -hmm. uh, Monday through Sunday and the, the drinking that would happen was like as a result of actually not liking the culture that I was stepping into. Wow. And like, I, I hated bars. They were so dark. They were so loud. I have synesthesia. So that means that my audio or my, my visual senses are tied to the rest of my senses. So, um, when I go into a loud place like that, it's like all these color squirrels will come into my visual field and it's really overwhelming and difficult to connect with people mm-hmm. in those spaces. Yep. And um so I started drinking because it would actually numb that sense and it would oh. actually make it easier for me to be in those spaces. Sure. And nice. maybe connect with other people who have also been drinking. Right. Easy. Or or even make it so that like everyone's so drunk that there is no connection, but that's just what's happening in this space. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is the quote unquote connection, though there seems to not be any. <laughs> right. Exactly. We're just uh-huh. like, oh, you want to take a shot? And like, that's your conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Yes. Okay. I relate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it was like, I could feel this like urge from me wanting to, to change something and wanting to shift something in my life, but not really knowing how, and definitely not having the tools. Sure. Um, yeah. Can I ask I, you like, yeah. what was the big fear back then? If you could pinpoint it though, I'm guessing you may not even been aware of it, but like, Oh, what I was, was totally aware. <laughs> okay. You're totally, you're like, no girl. <laughs> what was like the fear for you? Like if I were to show my true self, then fill in the blank, like what's the big fear back then? I was afraid that I was going to be um, unrelatable. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, and excited for that mm-hmm. reason. You know, like um, totally. in middle school, I had a circle of female friends that, um, and, I, and I just put friends in air quotes as I said that, mm-hmm. um, that would welcome me in and then actually get to know me. And then they would like kick me out. And then like, I would dole myself and then they'd invite me back into their inner circle. And then like the same thing would happen over and over and over oh, again. Wow. Um, and it was like, they would be like, well, we don't, we like you until you are annoying as fuck. And, yeah. and I was like, well, that annoying as fuck thing is when I'm actually being me. me. <laughs> so I guess me equals annoying as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm. And, and I absorbed that projection yep. for a really long time and just applied yep. it to everyone else instead of realizing that it was only applicable maybe for that group of individuals. And, they, and it was really just about something they were moving through inside of themselves. Wow. I just want to highlight this for a sec because I feel this might be really relatable for someone listening. But here you were, what, in middle school when you were friends with this, these women or high school? Yeah, middle school. 
so pretty young, that's like 12, 13, 14, um, and you're hanging out with these women and you absorb the message that we like you until you're yourself, basically, and then you're annoying. <laughs> and so, and then you even speak to now in retrospect, wow, I carried that belief for so long. So mm -hmm. I, I just want to highlight this because it's so easy, if, especially if we're not aware, to absorb a belief that's not even ours and then carry it around as fucking truth, gospel, for mm -hmm. years, even lifetimes, if we don't become aware of it. That's just a really powerful share. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it was like interesting too, because I mostly had guy friends growing up and I like, especially through high school and, um, and even in the end of middle school, I got fed up with the girls and I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to go hang out with the boys. They're much easier. Mm -hmm. And the girls still, the girls still cast projections. And then they were like, oh, you're like super slutty and all these things. And I was like, okay, like whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't even kissed any boys yet, but okay. Uh -huh. but <laughs> yep. But simply just because I was hanging out with the boys because they were a lot easier. Um, yes. But again, like I was chameleon chameleoning myself to fit them. Um, okay. So I, I almost became like a, a bit of a tomboy inside mm -hmm. of that, that group um, and, and any male group. And so this was also true in the beginning of college. Like I was just getting used to having friends that were female again and it made me really really uncomfortable to be to fr to be friends with females and I was I you know it was my freshman year of college and yes. I was living with three other females and that was fucking my worst nightmare basically at that time mm. and I remember the day my my roommate my actual like bedroom mate brought um this this woman into my room it was like another freshman that she was in a she had just gotten accepted into her sorority with and her name was Madeline Fisher. And she brings this, this woman into my bedroom and Madeline Fisher stands in front of the, the full length mirror we have in our bedroom. And she looks at herself in the mirror and she's like, damn, I look good. And she just like meant Hell it yeah. and owned it. And like was like staring at herself yeah. and she's like, oh, like, yeah, I look fucking good. And she has this like little Tennessee, southern accent and she's mm. like wearing a little black dress and she's like so fucking cute but I I was laying in my bed at that time and I looked at my roommate and I go yeah this one's gotta go oh uh-huh 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 <laughs> super fucking triggered and you know what's the best oh, about that yeah. moment what's the is best? that Madeline Fisher became my best friend and has, oh, to this yeah. day been the most stable solid friendship i've ever had oh my god i fucking chills madeline fisher i love you I yeah love you can follow her on instagram she's madeline's void <laughs> oh my gosh I, this Shout so out to my bestie. was the girl in the mirror right that's her yep oh yep. my god i love that you say this one needs to go you're just like this i was like nope <laughs> Callan's insecurities or whatever got triggered in that moment, but now oh, uh, <laughs> like can't claim my sexuality, can't claim my beauty, can't claim my femininity. So neither can you. So you gotta go. You gotta go as far away from me as possible, and yeah. I'm not gonna have any of it. Yep. Little did you know, sweetheart, that you are going to love the shit out of that woman, and she taught me so much about oh, yes. female relationships. Like oh, so, 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 so much. Oh. 
I, I've seriously full fucking body chills. Just, I mean, just the details of this moment, you remembered her dress, you remembered the way the mirror was like, those are the moments that change our lives, you know, yeah. like years later, yeah. you call every fucking detail. Yeah. And, and so it's like, you know, that was, I think that that's like what started to like peel back these layers of me that had long been um, like solidified, like these stories of armor that I had been putting on myself that had been like solidified into my being of like me being too much or too loud. And, and she really helped open me up to realizing that like, like she was the first female in my life who was like, I want more. Show Mm. me what else is in there. Um, so that was really, that was really life-changing for me. Yep. Um, mm, I want more. She invited the bigness of you to come out yeah. instead of condemning it to go in and hide probably yeah. the first time. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So amazing. Fucking amazing. That was like the first pivotal moment. And then, you know, she, she and I carried on and like, she ended up becoming my partner in crime. And she was the person I would go out with these like seven nights a week, you know, <laughs> we yeah, like uh-huh. the time of our lives. And yes. I knew I could always find connection with her, but it was, hard, it was challenging to find connection with other people. So yes. I ended up, you know, sleeping around a lot and being super fucking drunk just to try and connect with people because yeah. uh, I was super sensitive um, in all the ways, but I had this like thick layer of armor, as I said, you know, on me Mm -hmm. that I was just starting to peel back the layers of. Um, and that carried on for probably two years of, of college. My, it was all my freshman year and then like half of my sophomore year. Okay. And Uh yeah, so I, I went out with a couple of my friends at the end of my spring break sophomore year and, uh, went to go see a, a band play at a local beach bar. And it was like a casual night out. Like we were just going to go see some of our friends play music. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up in the morning, I woke up in a stranger's bed with like full body panic that was going on in, in my system. And um, that's when I had realized that like I woke up and the first thought in my head was, oh my God, I've been sexually assaulted. And um And that was not something that I had ever experienced. Like that sensation of, I had, I had woken up in plenty of strangers beds before and been like, whoops, you know, or like, that's hilarious. This is the first time in my life that I, or really the only time in my life that I had woken up and like safe mode, you know, my whole nervous system is in like, Hey, get out of here. Okay. Um, you knew you weren't safe when you woke up, like mm-hmm. instantly. Wow. Exactly. And, and, and so it was an interesting moment too, because I woke up and, uh, the man that was next to me, um, uh, was already awake and I asked him where we were and he was like, Oh, we're in West Ashley. And I, at the time I lived in Charleston, South Carolina. And, okay. um, I was like, I was like, oh, okay, that's like a 40 minute drive from where I live. Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. And I was like, cool. Um, my phone was dead, you know, like none of my shit was together. And, and I was like, cool, like, can you take me home? And, and what ended up happening was he was, he took me, instead of taking me directly home, he took me 
out to lunch, out to dinner, and then into a movie. And because my nervous system was in such a panic mode, I just was complying with whatever needed to happen to get home safely. Holy Um, shit. So you weren't wanting to spend the day with him, but because you uh -uh. were so scared and just trying to solidify your safety and getting home, you just kind of went along with it. Yep, exactly. And it's like people say, like, you go into fight, fight or freeze. And I was in total Mm -hmm. freeze mode. Holy shit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a pretty pivotal moment for me. And actually when I got home, um, I, I got home and immediately just started like vomiting. I was like purging this experience essentially. Oh my God. And and I lived with Madeline at the time and, um, she comes home and she's like, Hey, are you okay? I had this dream last night that you got raped. And I was like, yeah, that happened. And she was like, (sighs) I'm going to go get a car. I'm going to, uh, take you to the hospital and she spent the entire day with me the entire- mm. you know I, was- I love her she's amazing and so I wasn't I wasn't actually delivered home until like 6 7 p.m and okay. and she like took me to the hospital spent the entire evening with me like spent the whole next day with me like just taking care of me making sure that I was okay mm. and 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 it was like this big wake-up call for me that I actually reflect on and have the deepest gratitude for because it took me out of this default mode I had been living on of complying and and fitting in with everyone around me yes to have some semblance of a safety because it rocked my world and was like hey that's actually the least safe thing that you can do Mm, wow the thing you were doing to preserve your safety in your mind you realized was like the least safe thing you could have done yep yeah yeah a little experience with boundaries. And- so, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, abuser, I don't want to get lunch with you. Right. Be like, um, you need to take me home and you need to take me home right now or you need to call me a cab, really. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. What an, I just, like, whoa. I mean, I'm just taking a moment to, like, appreciate the experience because, I can't even imagine having lunch with the men that sexually abused me. Like that just wouldn't have been on the docket. So I'm just like, wow, the things that can happen when we're essentially not in our personal power. Right. Really briefly. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was so used to like rolling over and letting people like walk all over me that that was like, Mm. I mean, that just was like the only thing I knew how to do at that point. Totally. So that like really woke up this um, side of me that was like, what would you rather have? You know, what, what, would, what would ideally your interactions look like? What would your day-to-day look like? What, what are the desires that you actually have if you're not just flowing with the current of what everyone else is doing? And that's when I started um, learning to play with like tarot cards and, and oracle cards. I started getting crystals. We started crystal printing mm-hmm. our houses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I lived in Charleston, South Carolina, which is an incredibly haunted city. And, and for the years that I lived um, there, you know, from the beginning, from my freshman year of college, I, I knew it was incredibly haunted and there was ghosts everywhere. And so wow. diving deeper into that and like communicating with um, spirits and, and my higher self, and mm. um, and just getting these like massive downloads about like the life that I wanted to create. So it was like this this 
catastrophic moment that actually like pushed me into asking myself the right questions to figure out like what was actually going on here. Um, and I, I would actually love to share with you that that whole experience has been like one of the most beautiful things in my, in my life because, mm-hmm. uh, two years after this occurred. So I was in the middle of my, my senior year of college. I found out that this man had moved out of Charleston and he had a girlfriend at the time he'd been dating for eight years. So this happened all, the, all through him being dating with oh, this, in a relationship with this woman. Wow. Um, but she was at the time living in New Zealand. So she had no idea. She had no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I ended up writing him a letter that it was just written in my journal to, for me. And I, and I told my friend Allie about it and she was like, Hey, like, you know, if you end up wanting to send that, you just let me know. And eventually I ended up wanting to send it. So I, so I did, I sent it. And wow. What did it feel like for you just to send it despite whether he were to ever respond or not just ascending? What did that feel like for you? It felt like taking off like six fur coats in the middle of summer. Like it was, Uh, it it was like, and the, the way that I had approached this was like, I had actually already come to a place of forgiveness inside of it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't complete forgiveness because I was still holding on to a victimhood around this occurrence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I wouldn't later realize until like a few years after that. But, but it felt really cathartic to be able to write it all down and be like, hey, I want you to know that I'm acknowledging what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That, I, that I, I want you to know that like this has been my journey is that I woke up that morning with you, was completely terrified. I told him all about how I was, what I experienced. And I was like, I actually went to the hospital and like got a rape kit done and had a whole experience of like getting photographs of my like extremely wow. bruised body, like <laughs> taken. Holy <laughs> it shit. Was, like, super, um. it was a super, uh, sensitive time and then what the two years after that had looked like of um trying to share this experience with my male friends having them want it want so badly for it to not be true that they were actually casting judgments on me for making it up um yeah uh Mm. like endless rejection from like other men (laughs) (laughs) from sharing Uh experience with them of being too much or too emotional or too much baggage or whatever it was. Um, and I also had to like, I also owned in that, like, and I'm also really grateful because it's, it's weeded out a lot of like fuck boys for me, you know, because I, I actually got into a practice of having to share this story with people since my body response was like, anytime I tried to be intimate with someone, totally. this would come up. Yes. Um, and and so that was really, you know, I was like, I want, I want you to know this is what my journey has been like. And I want you to know that in, I'm never, I'm like, I'm, I'm actively choosing to not press charges. Right. And forgive you instead mm-hmm. in hopes that should this ever come up for you again, that you, um, better choice. that you make a better choice. Yeah. That you, that you like give people love. Yeah. Instead. Choose love. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. And so wow. I sent that letter and a few weeks later I got a phone call from his girlfriend and we talked on the phone. Wow. And um 
and it was a really uncomfortable conversation. Um, uh-huh. And that was fine. And I, and I didn't really expect it to be, I mean, I didn't expect her to call in the first place, but uh, I also had a lot of compassion for her of what she might be going through in coming to realize all this stuff. And so was your letter like what she discovered it because of yep. your letter? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. And gotcha. she basically told me that um, it catalyzed a whole conversation between her and this man um, and, and all the countless times that he had cheated on her that she didn't know about. Um, and I was like, well, I want you to know that, that, that sucks. And also like, this isn't him cheating on you. This is him like actively taking advantage of and purposefully like drugging a female to like do this, you know, like this This is is the thing that happens. Let's just say that this is, this is the definition of rape. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. Like literally that's what happened. And so, um, we had this, we had a conversation around that. They, and then, um, and she asked if she could stay in contact with me. And I set a boundary and was like, no, like, I appreciate that you reached out. And I also am a no to that. Like, I don't have a desire to continue connecting with you and mm-hmm. being part of your healing journey. You've got to find that for yourself. Yes. Um, wow. So then at that point, Callan was ready to stand in on boundary for herself. Like, Sounds like it had been a couple of years at this point since the incident. Yep. And now I'm just noticing like two years prior, you weren't able to speak that boundary with him. But then two years later, yep. you were able to speak that boundary with his girlfriend when she asked. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck yeah. So that was really cool. And then two years after that, um, I get a phone call from him wow two years later holy shit so four years years. yeah after the incident and and he he's like hey I am curious if you have space to talk and I was like I do actually wow and he was like okay and I hear from him what this journey has been like for him of um basically owning (laughs) That this was the first time that he had ever drugged a female for that. Wow. He explained to me the whole backstory of where he was in his life at the time. Um, How he was extremely depressed. He was addicted to cocaine. It was like living these cycles of going through women like fucking Kleenex because Mm. he, he was so unwilling to feel anything that, yes, he was going through. And that this is the first time that he had ever um, used, you know, Xanax to. That's uh, what it was, huh? Xanax. Yeah, it was Xanax. Yeah. Wow. Um, to to bring a, a a female home with him, um, and he chose me because we. I actually knew him, so he wasn't a full stranger. He was a bartender at a local bar that I used to go to all the time, and I. So the he first was time, making your drinks. He wasn't at that bar, but gotcha. he was. He ended up coming out to the band that we want to, wanted to see. Yeah. Um, and meeting up with us because my, one of my friends worked at the same bar as him. So, okay. gotcha. Um, so it was interesting because we, we had come across each other's paths a couple of times. I knew he, I knew he had been interested in me, but I, my, ner- my nervous system was giving me alarm bells from day one from when I met him. It was wow. like, don't fuck with this one. Like, no. Okay. And I was like, okay. And yep. I, 
because of that, I also ended up being a complete asshole to him most of the time. Like, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and, and so that's, that's kind of what sparked this was like, he was already in a really low place in, within himself um, and was like taking it out on, on women by like taking them home with him and treating them like shit by like playing games and doing all that stuff. And like, he could see that I wasn't willing to fucking fuck around with that game. Totally. Uh-huh. Wanted it. So he took it. Wow. And, and I had a, I had a hole in my system of not setting a, up like energetic boundaries of like, you can't fuck with me. You know, I was mm-hmm. very fuck withable at yeah. that point in my life. Yes. And so, um, so he, he told me about, you know, that's, that's why it was you. And, uh, that was the opportunity that I saw and I was really angry that day. And so I like, that's what happened. And he goes, and then when I woke up in the morning and I like looked at you and I saw like what had happened, like, first of all, like my entire body's like fucking covered in bruises. Like, holy shit. Like, like rug burned down my entire back. You know, it was like, it was, it was crazy. Um, and he woke up and had like an immense amount of guilt, which is why he wanted to take me out to lunch and dinner in this movie. Totally in his mind, like this is going to make it better. And you really don't even want to fucking be there. So I was like, Oh my God, like (laughs) fuck this shit. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Uh And so we got to have a conversation about all of that. And he said, you know, it wasn't the last time it happened. Um, with, a woman, you know, it, it had since just like ceased, he'd stopped doing that at this point, but right. you know, I was the first, but I was not the last. Yeah. And that when his girlfriend got the letter, it, it catalyzed a huge shift in their relationship dynamic. And, um, ultimately they broke up like a few, few days before he called me and he was in wow. this really low place, but also in a really grateful place. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because he was having to come out and own all this stuff and wanted to start with me because of, mm. of this gift that I had given him in return of ending a relationship that really wasn't healthy for either of them. Yes. Um, by the way that I showed up and, and also just like wanting to reconnect and apologize. And, and I was like, you know, like I, I forgave you a long time ago. And mm. I also like, I want you to know that like, I have such a deep respect for the fact that you're talking to me right now and owning all of this. Yeah. Like that is huge for me. I was like, you're an incredible, incredible human being. And fuck yeah, Freya. So that ended up being huge. And, Uh, and part of my, you know, learning experience was going through that conversation and realizing that like interpersonal dynamics, like there literally is nothing that someone could do in my world that that would break the unconditional love that I actually feel in my system. Mm. And the only thing that was preventing me from acting through unconditional love in my life was um, a judgment I had on myself of how I should be, who I should be loving, you know, like, oh, it's not appropriate to unconditionally love your rapist and I was like actually like that feels totally an integrity and like look at like this beautiful fucking healing thing that happened because I held that holy shit yes oh I I love this ending of the story where you guys get to come and connect in conversation (laughs) holy shit because you even say like he felt so hurt but he also felt so full or something like that Mm -hmm. you just said and that just makes me think of 
any experience that I'm tempted to judge in my own life as bad, this sucked, this, I'm a victim, this has not served me at all, this happened to me type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then that feeling when I'm like, wait, no, literally everything is a fucking blessing if I allow it to be. That's the feeling I, that I just resonated when you said that of like, when I'm processing my own stuff, I can hold, sometimes I can feel super fucking hurt by something that happened. And at the same time, be in such on appreciation that it happened. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And like, you Whoa. know, yeah. if I, if I get super spiritual woo woo on you too, it's like, mm -hmm. when I look at this experience, like I have such deep gratitude for his like soul being because yes. God, how much do I have to fucking trust someone's soul in order to create a contract with them where karmically they're going to come in as this massive perpetrator in my world yes. to catalyze the biggest growth journey that I will ever have. What I would never would have joined this path. I don't think without that experience, you know, Yes. yes. how much, how much, Oh, like I can feel it in my chest. Like how much fucking giant love do I have to have for that person? Respect, honor, gratitude, and trust. Mm. Like, yeah, you can be the one to do that. Like I trust you. Mm -hmm. To have made this arrangement in the first place. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. And so, huge. Just huge. Huge. <laughs> and this is like... Though our, yours and my story is different in detail, the message and the, the ahas really align and feel very similar, um, mm. which is, I think, why we vibe so hard often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ooh, thank you so much for sharing that piece of your journey. It feels big, and I just... Um, I imagine that those listening may be relating, may be feeling inspired, may be feeling triggered. That's cool too. You might be like, fuck you, Freya. That's totally fine. Um, <laughs> I welcome that too. Welcome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as I share my story, I invite you guys to experience whatever you experience, whether that be hell yeah, inspiration, fuck you. I'm turning off this podcast. I'm so triggered. Though I will challenge you to keep it on even if you're triggered. Yeah. You can, you can swear at us while you keep listening. That's my challenge to you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so yeah. Um, just beautiful. I just, I feel like I want to say kind of what I'm extracting from this piece of your story before I um, go off in another direction. I'm, I'm really extracting like big picture lesson. Though I've picked up 50 other lessons in between is like, your, your burdens can become your blessings. Mm, mm, yes. Mm -hmm. And here you are saying, thank you, person who raped me. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. I have so much unconditional love for you and the opportunity you've provided with for me, me with and the, mm -hmm. the experiences that have come up as a result. And that is fucking personal power in it. I mean, if that's personal power if I've ever seen it. Being able to transmute something that maybe has the potential to keep me stuck, keep me feeling small, keep me not reaching my fullest potential. And I'm going to actually alchemize that into something that, I, that lifts me up and fills me and has me feeling so much love and gratitude every time I talk about it. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Totally. Yes. 
Yes. So good. Ah, so good and juicy. Love, love, love it. Well, Nikki, I would love to hear and reflect that question back to you um, and just hear your, your story, your pieces, your golden nugget, your maybe big yes. pivotal moment in your life too. Yes. I have to say, oh, great. Um, I must say that this is fun. I've never been interviewed on my own podcast. <laughs> so yay. Um, yeah, I'm, thank you for asking. And I would love to share some pieces of my the pivotal moments in my journey that have brought me where I am today. So I grew up in a single parent household. My dad died when I was two. My baby sister was six months and my older sister was five. So first of all, my mom was left with three young children. I literally can't even imagine the, the holy shit, what the fuck moment that came to her when she found out my dad died. Um, aside from that, my dad, my dad died. Uh, he, he owned an electricity business. And so he was doing normal days work, working on telephone wires like he always does. And a spark flew. And the ladders that you use in that line of work are designed to be non-conductive to electricity. They're, they're required to be designed that way. Um, he was using a faulty ladder that day. So there was no, though it's supposed to be non-conductive, but this one had a design flaw. So a spark flew, hit the ladder, and he was electrocuted at over 30 feet in the air. And then he oh. fell off the ladder. And then that is how he died. Yeah. So it's like, it's not like, it's a very, you know, oftentimes people aren't ready to hear that because it's so, what are the odds type of story, right? Right, yeah. It's like uh, a, a freak accident that can only be like divinely planned. Exactly. <laughs> you nailed it, sis. That, and that's how I've known my life has been divinely planned since I was a baby. Because like, right. that is such a freak accident. There's no fucking way that wasn't a divine plan in my world. Right. Right. Wild. So it. So I've, so grief has been a part of my journey all my life and mm. I've always lived without a dad, but something that was more unexpected that I learned to live with was without a mom who could be fully present. Mm. And while my mom, I have zero doubts, doubts deep, deep love for myself and my sisters. She also just wasn't fully available. Um, she didn't know how to be there for us. And so, um, my childhood, if I were to put it this way, I, my role was the helper. Uh, my older sister went to college when I was 12. And so that's when a lot of the helper memories start to come in for me. Um, I was 12 and then my younger sister, she, her reaction to our situation was kind of the rebel. So she wasn't around a lot. She hung out with kind of the quote unquote sketchy kids at the park. Mm. You know, she would, she would usually be out late, just kind of like hanging around town with her group of friends. And then, uh, but she wasn't there much. So there's a, me and my mom spent a lot of time together. And quite frankly, my mom leaned on me because she could. And I was more than happy to show up for her. So I, when I was younger, had no clue about boundaries, especially with my mom. Oh. Uh-huh. And so I was her bartender. I would mix her drinks. Didn't even know what I was mixing. She just showed me mix a little bit of this bottle with this bottle. I had no idea I was making my mom 
drinks that were keeping her in bed, you know? Mm. Um, I was her therapist. I was her chef. I was her doctor. Not really, but, you know, she needed help some days. And so um, I was just there for her because I love the fuck out of my mom. And I really just, uh, I almost, I wasn't very, so to wind back a little bit, I wasn't very popular when I was younger, quote unquote. I was quite overweight in middle school. I was 180 pounds in seventh grade. That was my highest weight. And um, I just didn't, I had such a, my, my home life was so unlike that of any kids around me that I didn't know how to relate to people. Like I didn't know how to talk about normal things. I wasn't part of the soccer club or the, the I didn't, I wasn't invited to the parties. So these things that kids would talk about, I, I didn't know how to like join a conversation. And so I just didn't. Um, I isolated myself and I told a story that I was unlikable and isolated. And then I created that story, I made, right. you know? And so I, I just grew up feeling super isolated. and. Basically what I learned, so my childhood was just rough. It was painful. Um, I often write about one of my biggest triggers is feeling inconsiderate because anyone who's grown up around someone with, who's an alcoholic knows the feeling of being inconsiderate. Empty promises, always saying they're gonna do something and not following through, a lot. So it's just very confusing as a kid. And so basically, when I got to college, similar to your journey, Freya, um, I started drinking a lot. Actually, in high school, even when I was 16, that's when it started. And there's a couple defining moments. And so I remember being at school that day and barely being able to keep it together. And a teacher came up to me and they said, Nikki, you know, after class, hey, is everything okay? And I started to tell this teacher, I had no skill. I was like on the verge of tears, you know, when you're already about to cry and then someone asks and you're just like, oh, sorry. like all just kind of comes out. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So it all just started to come out because he asked and I'll never forget. He cut me off and he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Everything's going to be okay. And maybe you should go talk to the school psychologist. And while I think he was in a really well-intentioned place in doing that, what the message that I got was you're too much right now. Right. Yeah. Everything you're saying is way too much. Here, let me send you to the psych psychologist, aka the psych ward. Here, yeah. Why don't you go talk <laughs> right. to someone who can handle you? Um, He's trained has to be trained in order to handle you. Exactly. Oh, uh -huh. so hard. Uh -huh. And so I learned, like, oh, nobody wants to hear about all the craziness going on in my life. That's not normal. Mm. So I learned, like, okay. I should, if I want to connect with people, I should talk about things they want to talk about. Mm. So now you have a triple Scorpio. I didn't know this mm. back then, but that's Woo! what I <laughs> Who has learned to put her tears on the hold and bury her emotions. And so, oh, <laughs> oh girl, when you talk about how you drank seven days a week, Woo. dude, I literally got a job as a bartender so that I could guarantee I would drink seven days a week. Yep. I was drinking five days a week at work. And then the other two days, well, that's my days off. Of course, I'm going to party. And so mm -hmm. I was drinking then. And honestly, Freya, what I can tell you is from the ages of 17, which is when I moved out of my house into my boyfriend's apartment because I was, that had been five years. That was, I was at that point of like, okay, I need to get away from you so I can love you again, mom. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Moved out, started drinking heavily, got my bartending job at 17. And really all I can say is I was not present in my life until I was 20 
two years old. Yep. Sounds At all. Right. <laughs> I could tell you a million random stories and literally there's like nothing that happened in those five years that was really significant. That was really um, anything. It was just numb. I was just anything to numb out all these feelings I had so that I wouldn't have to talk about them so that people wouldn't think I'm too much so that I could be your friend. Mm-hmm. That was the goal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, one other big event that happened in my life that gave me this message, um, was my own experience with being sexually abused. And so one night I was 16, me and my best friend at the time went out to a show. We would do this often. This is just when I started drinking and a little concert. And so we went to the concert. It was great. We were about to leave and get in a cab and she said, Oh, oh my God, those are my friends. Let's go say hi. We go say hi to these three these three guys, these three foreign guys, to this day, I have no idea who they are. Um, and she said, oh, we're talking, da, 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 da. And then it's like, oh, cool, Nikki, do you want to go back to their house? They're having a little after gathering. They have food, champagne, we can go hang out, you know, smoke some weed, whatever. And so I, without even thinking twice, I don't even, I'm like, cool, you're my best friend. These are your friends. Great, let's go. I didn't even think to ask, check in, nothing. I didn't check in with my body. I just went. Mm-hmm. So I put myself in this situation 100%. Um, Now we get to their house, we have some champagne. And the next thing I know, I wake up on the bathroom floor and there's a man just fucking me. Like, gross. I remember hating it. I remember thinking like, ew, I don't like your smell. I don't know who you are. But I literally couldn't move, Callan. Like my muscles, whatever they drugged me with was like something where you can't move. But like I would wake up it was fucking, it was, it was, um, I, I, it was just, I just, I just remember waking up and being like, holy shit, I don't know what to do. I can't move. And so the night carried on where I woke up, passed out and woke up multiple times in different locations, different beds on the couch, different men. And I just remember at one point saying, do you have a condom on? Like I muttered out the words and he said, yes. And I said, I don't believe you. And I'll, I'll never forget. He picked up my hand and like, touched his penis with it so that I could feel the condom. And then I just passed out. So after this happened, I had a lot of emotions and I went to talk to my boyfriend at the time. Like, you know, we got home, I met up with my boyfriend. He's like, holy shit, where have you been? I'm like, holy shit, the craziest thing happened. Can we get together? And so me and my boyfriend at the time are talking. And basically he says to me, I'm kind of sharing all this with him and he, and I'm crying. And he says, whoa, 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 whoa. I think maybe we should break up. Like, like you've been through a lot and I think, you know, I love you and I respect you, but this just seems like, it seems like there's a lot going on here. And I think maybe it'd be best if we broke up. Well, Callan, I wasn't ready to break up. And so what I did is I said, no, 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 no. It's fine. I'm actually totally fine. I'm over it. I'm good. Like, it's fine. We don't even need to talk about it. I'm totally okay. Let's just keep dating. This won't be an issue. This won't be your problem. I promise you, Derek you know, type of thing. And so I literally never cried about that again until eight years later when I was broken wide open. (laughs) But I never expressed a single tear for what happened that night because I just told myself like, cool, nobody has space for these emotions. If you express this, everyone will leave. Great. Bury it. Give me a beer. I'm fine. And so, yeah, though, that is what I did for so many years. And Um, I did have a moment of being in touch with myself when I moved to Colorado, when I was 22 
And that was like, I had a dream. It told me, I basically had a dream that was like, girl, you got to get out of this town. You have bigger things you need to do. It was so interesting because it's way before I was in touch with myself. And so I, I, I listened to that dream. That's really the first time in my life I ever did something because I wanted to do it. Not because I was supposed to, not because it was, you know, what you do after college. I just did it because I wanted to. And everyone in my family was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing this. Um, so that felt, that was, that was a big pivotal moment in my life. Dropped out of school, moved to Colorado, all in a couple of months. Um, so that felt really good. And yet I came to Colorado and almost instantly fell back into my pattern of partying, drinking. Mm. I conveniently met my first friends at a bar. They introduced me to the group of people that would become my friends for the next year or so. And we supported each other in nonstop partying. And this time I actually was introduced to a substance called ketamine. And so, uh-huh, which ketamine is great if you're trying to numb out. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you want to feel nothing in your experience, that's a great drug. Um, that is what became my dear friend for about a year. So now I was doing alcohol with ketamine. I mean, I was blacking out to the point where friends were having to carry me out of shows. It was getting, it was becoming a real problem. And yeah. so as the universe does, she intervened. Oh, got it. That, that whole moment where you realize you need to move to Colorado and stuff, that wasn't enough. You're back in your old patterns. No problem. We'll give you something even bigger. Um, and so a year after I moved to Colorado, that's when my mom died. My mom died in July of 2016. It was not a freak accident like my dad, but it was a sudden, she collapsed and hit her head. And by the time they could get her apartment door open and get her oxygen, she was brain dead. So it was another example of just a gone, you know, like, whew. Um, and so that, and anyone listening already knows this because I talk about this day often. I call it the worst day of my life and the best day of my life. Mm-hmm. It's the day that I lost my best friend. It's the day that like my almost sick worst nightmare came true. I always used to have this belief like, well, I lost one parent. I can't possibly lose the other. You know, I've done my time or something. Uh, I don't believe in that type of thing anymore. I don't think it, life is fair or even for all, or, well, you lost a parent, so you should be good. Now I'm going to lose someone. Like, I don't think it works that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it does not. Um, but yeah, when my mom died, basically to put, to sum up what I talk about often, I had a bunch of friends that weren't real friends. We were friends based on the fact that we got fucked up together. Mm -hmm. And so when I lost my only living parent, they didn't know what to say. And so they said nothing and it's not because they're bad people, but they, that was way more depth than we had ever even began to surface in our friendship. Right. Mm -hmm. And so today I've very intentionally built relationships that can withstand that type of death, depth, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I don't, I know in the future, if anything were to happen, I would never feel like I did last time, which is completely friendless, but I set myself up for that. So I had literally no friends in the state. I had friends back in Wisconsin, but I was living in Colorado. Um, I had a boyfriend who had just asked me out two weeks before she died. And he fell in love with the ketamine, alcohol, party, numb. Oh yeah. yeah, uh Uh-huh. We went really well together. Um, let Let me tell you, this new grieving Nikki did not go well with that, that man. No. And 
we had a really painful nine months following her death until he broke up with me. Really painful. Um, and so, and then I was like, oh, I don't want to scrub toilets for a living anymore. <laughs> Something about my mom dying reminded me that like life's short and like, oh, what do I actually want to do with my life? What's my purpose here? What the fuck am I trying to, what's, what's the bigger why? You know, I know I basically it clicked for me when my mom died. I know I'm not just here to wake up, go to work, pay the bills and repeat. Yeah. What else is there? There's gotta be more here. And so her yeah. death began my curious journey. And you said something beautiful about curiosity earlier, but that's when I realized, oh, I'm super curious. What does life have to offer? What do I have to offer? Yeah. What if I let these emotions out of the bag? You know, what would happen yeah. if these emotions I've kept cooped up all my life came out? Yeah. And shortly after she died, I had a day where I had been in my room for 12 days straight and nobody noticed because I was living with some of these party friends who wouldn't notice if I was around because they really like drugs and I chose that. Um, and so I remember coming out of it feeling so victimized, like, holy shit, I lost my mom. I have no friends. My fucking roommates don't even notice that I'm like crying in my room for 10 days, like super fucking depressed. I'm going to get a bottle of whiskey. That's it. Fuck this. Like I'm so done. Okay, cool. Felt my emotions. This sucks, you know? <laughs> and so <laughs> went and bought that bottle of whiskey and just came home and dumped it right down the drain. I just had this moment of like looking at the bottle about to pour it into a glass and realizing, holy shit, I need to dump this down the drain, feel what I'm feeling. And my whole life's going to fall into place. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so that was the most pivotal moment in my entire journey. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I loved hearing your, your story and your perspective. And I'm really curious about what you've seen in yourself as the biggest shift since that worst, best day ever. Mm. Yeah. I really love this question, Freya. For me, the biggest shift is this. Before the growth that has come from this worst and best day ever. My narrative of life was some people are lucky. Some people aren't. That's okay. I've been given a pretty unlucky hand. So I just need to figure out how to be okay and how to survive. And if I can do that, it's all right. It's okay that I'm one of the unlucky ones. That's fine. Now, my narrative is more like this. Holy shit. What a fucking dynamic and colorful journey this has been and continues to be. And how incredible is it that we each get to have such a unique experience that is unlike that of anyone else's. And wow, how incredibly thankful am I for all of these little moments, every single one, the moment where I'm noticing the beautiful purple in these flowers growing outside my puppet's porch right now, or the moment where I'm so deep in pain that I'm on the floor screaming, mm. or those moments where I'm blissfully leaping through my backyard, like, holy shit, is this possible? Is this sunshine and mountain possibly my fucking home? Is this really my life? I, I oh, pinch me. I can't even believe this is real. Mm. 
to the moment where I thought my niece was going to die the minute she came out of my sister's womb because of her a condition she had. Like every single moment I'm so fucking thankful for because it makes, it makes this, it makes the present. It makes, it makes <sighs> life. <sighs> wow. Yes. 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 And so that's been the big shift. And now when quote unquote bad things happen though, I don't even like, I don't even consider my mom dying bad. Mm -hmm. That's how much the shift has been. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that really hurt. That was hard. Still is. That is painful. And I'm so thankful that that thing happened and that needed to happen. And that was always part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow yeah. It feels like, <laughs> like, perhaps your, your old narrative of your life was, um, sort of like, you know, similar to mine of like a submissive, but more submissive to life and yes. accepting that role, which is like that story of disempowerment, but then yes. shifted in you and you were like, holy shit. Actually every minute that I'm alive is incredible and I am so sensitive that I get to mm. experience the amount of incredible that is here in front of me because mm. I'm so sensitive and shifting into a place of actually using all of that as fuel to be more excited even for what life brings you um, more yes yes dude holy shift first yeah. of all yeah and yes it's like it's like this it's like how am I going to appreciate the richness of all the beautiful colors? Okay. Actually, let me put this in a different way. Cause I want the listener to really get this. So everyone always says, I love surprises, right? Like most people are like, I love surprises. Surprises are fun. Like, yeah, I want a surprise birthday, whatever. Yo, are you sure? <laughs> and I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. You want, you like the surprises that you want, right. but surprises come in all forms. I love surprises uh -huh. too. And that includes the surprise that, holy shit, my mom's dead. Mm -hmm. holy shit I didn't make rent this month oh my god you mm -hmm. know holy shit that friend isn't talking to me or is mad at me right now mm -hmm. and so it's like for me it's just it's it's and you talk about this a lot it's the one of the big things that happened for me is shifting into appreciating the full spectrum experience and not just appreciating the fun easy joyful things and then condemning the things that give me challenges like i love challenges now i'm like bring them the fuck on that's what helps me grow you know yeah oh i love that so much and it's like like that moment in my own story is so true for me too of like deciding actually that that I love my anger. I love yes. to experience my anger. Mm. I love to experience actually all of the emotions and the new ones that actually show up that I was like, what is this one? You know, like this is a yes. I don't even have a name for this flavor of experience, but, yes. but okay. Yeah. Let's do that. And instead of spending my life avoiding emotions because I thought it was going to outcast me. That was a program I was running that was created by some external viewpoint rather than like an internal truth. Yes. Leaning into my emotions and actually all of my emotions to be widely accepted and appreciated and encouraged inside of my own experience, which is the thing that makes life easy. Yes. 
dude, I love how you just said that because in the same sentence you said, accepting my own experience makes life easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that right there just really encompasses, like I used to think it was up to someone else for me to have a great life or up to my circumstances or up to my luck. Yeah. And now it's like, oh yeah, I get to choose in every fucking moment how amazing my life is. Mm-hmm. And I have one of the most blessed lives in the world. And if you looked at my story on paper or the events that quote unquote, the traumatic events in my life, if I listed those on paper, most, most people would say there's no fucking way this person could be having a good life. Well, she's not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to make it. She's yeah. not going to make it. And yep. so my favorite thing in the world is meeting people and they're like, what are you on? What did you take? How can I be like that? And I'm like, you want to know the truth? Go through a lot of hard shit. Go through a lot of hard shit and decide that you loved it. Exact. Thank you. That's the perfect. Right. Yes. No, <laughs> I get you. That you loved it. I know you do. It feels so good. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, thanks. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. And you can't have this. <laughs> uh-huh. And you know what? I want to say for all those listening out there, there were people in my life that came along before I realized this and told me what we and Freya are essentially sharing with you guys right now. Mm-hmm. And my reaction to them was basically, wow, you're so fake. You're so yeah. fake. Or wow. like, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, thanks, but I'm trying to live like real life. Or, or I, this was one I'd say, oh, so she's obviously never had problems. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah, got it. You were handed everything. Well, easy for you to say. Yeah, but I used to be the same way, you know? And it's like, damn, if I could put my story on the paper, which I totally fucking plan to do one day. Yes. Like, when I actually sit down and I tell people the four-hour version of my origin story, yes, the, the looks that of, on people's faces that I get is like, how the fuck did you get to where you are? Totally. You know? Uh-huh. And, and I'm like, like yo, <laughs> they're waiting for the moment where like, and then you died and then you were hatched out of a rainbow egg and now you're here. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so I have to figure out how to get hatched out of a rainbow egg. And I'm like, yeah. no, like I literally had to kill myself over and over and over yes. again until I finally realized, holy shit, I made this life plan for myself. This is my responsibility because I was an entitled little fuck before I came into this life. Yep. And I needed to know what it was like to actually move through things and have compassion and, and ultimately find myself in a place of massive gratitude and seeing myself so fully that I have confidence but humility yes. inside what I see and just a deep honor for life in general. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. All of that. <laughs> I deep honor for life in general. Yeah. All of it. All of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and and what happens for me when I do that and decide, okay, I'm gonna honor life no matter what. So then let's say, yeah, something scary happens or something that I wasn't expecting happens, or I'm feeling something. Instead of like, oh God, I'm angry now. What God, gotta get rid of this. Or oh man, I'm all sad. I'm ruining the mood. It's just like or even this happened to me a few weeks ago. Holy shit, I'm feeling jealous. Super mm-hmm. jealous. I'm a relationship coach. Yeah, I practice this every day. And still there my boyfriend is giving a massage to a friend of ours. And I'm feeling enragingly jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happens when that comes up instead of, oh my God, what the fuck's wrong with me? I shouldn't be jealous. Oh my God. Oh my God. 
he needs to stop that. I feel so I'm jealous. broken. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. You need to stop doing what you're doing so that I feel less uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Stop massaging her. Or I'm broken. I'm fucked up. I'm going to go into a shelf self-shame spiral and completely disappear because I'm so fucked up. Instead mm-hmm. of any of those reactions, which would have been totally normal a few years ago for me, mm-hmm. I was like, huh, that is so interesting. I'm super fucking jealous right now. Wow. So then I just started observing it. And then because I wanted to preserve the moment of this beautiful massage that was happening between my partner and this woman, nor if he was, if he or they were more available, I maybe would have brought it to them to say, what do you got? Wow. This is so interesting. This is happening right now. But in a choice to preserve their moment, I went to a tea house and had some tea and just cried and just felt it. And like, without making myself wrong. You know, I sat down and said, Hey, I just want to cry. Can you just keep pouring me tea? (laughs) And I did that. And it's like, Oh, I'm totally fine. Look, I got jealous. I felt it. I cried. And now I'm going to come back and process and explore it a little bit, but like no big deal. Whereas maybe in the past that could have, I could have just been judging myself and made a huge big deal about the fact that I experienced jealousy. Wow. Yeah. It's really cool. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just absorbing that for a moment. <laughs> uh-huh. Dude. Yeah. This is recent. And I was just like, damn, Nick. Fuck yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, let me just own all of that and, yes. and decide that that's okay. So that I can, can, can own all of it and then just bring it to you. Yeah. And then when I come back to Warren later, it's like, Hey, are you available? Okay, great. Yeah. The, something that really surprised me happened earlier. You know, you were giving Allie that massage and I started to feel super jealous, like pissed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is what it felt like in my body. And now we're just talking and guess what? From that conversation together, we kind of were able to figure out like, oh, you know what? It actually really makes sense based on this thing. And, and so we were able to understand it more. Right. And do what we do, which is cool. What's next? Do I need to put a personal boundary with myself? Do we need an agreement here? What do we do? And we did our thing. And wow. it was, honestly, Callan, it was so much fun. That's what I can wow. say. It was so much fun. I got jealous as fuck a couple weeks ago and it was so much fun. Cause but I it was great. It. <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. And I'm so happy that oh I got to experience that. <laughs> Wow. I love that so, 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 so much. And it's just such a testament to like the work that you're doing in the world, the work that we're doing in the world, what we're, what we're creating together is like, I want to give people permission to be everything that they are so that they don't have to feel shame around any of it so that they can actually just be fully present with what's reality is bringing them in that moment. Mm, Because whatever you're being brought in that moment is exactly what is meant for you in that moment. Exactly. Uh And like, and there's also so much magic and medicine in what's happening in the moment, right? Like, exactly. I'm, you know, I'm like, I was moving through a lot of um, projections that were cast on me by, uh, by people that I don't even know that it's a community that, um, one of my my lovers is in and he he brought these projections to me and I and I was feeling through all of them and I was so grateful that they were brought to me because it brought up a lot in me about uh being talked about behind my back and not being invited to the conversation or yes being judged without actually being known and and all this all this awesome stuff that I got to move through and I'm sitting by the waterfall in my backyard that's a that has like these lily ponds and 
um, and all the dragonflies start floating around mm. me. And as I'm sitting there, I, I'm like not really paying attention at first. I'm feeling through all of what's going on, which is obviously something that's been brought to me that that's not happening right now. Right. Like right. This is something that's been, um, that's been brought to me. That's not actually happening in this moment. So it's and not so present. You're thinking about something else. Right. I'm, I'm thinking about like, I'm thinking about the emotions that are very much so present and real, but the circumstances aren't actually going on right now. And then okay. I, re I realize this, right? I'm like, okay, first of all, what's going on for me inside of this is all of this old baggage of not being included, being talked about behind my back, like all this stuff that happened that started when I was actually a child uh, being loud, loud as fuck in my emotional expression and, and hearing my parents talk about me in the other room mm. about this experience, which is really what wow. started all of that for me of like, okay, like, you know, she's, she's really emotional. This is a problem we need to solve kind of thing versus yes. like, she's really emotional. And like, look at that. It was like, diagnosed almost. Like, right. And like, and cast yeah. a judgment on as bad. Holy right? shit. Uh-huh. Wow. And so that's where that started. And it was triggering this wound. And I, and I figured that out in that moment and was able to feel that all the way through and then release it and love my parents for, yes. for whatever that was. Yes. And then, and then as I did that, this dragonfly came and it landed on my fingertips and dragonflies mm. have been a symbol for me my entire life. <sighs> um, and so it landed on my fingertips and I just started laughing and was like, you have so much medicine. Because it was like, hey, now that you've cleared that thing out of your system, can you be here and now? And I was wow. like, oh, can, can you listen to me? I have something to share with you. Holy shit. And this yeah. like chorus of a song came through me that basically is like, oh, dragonfly, teach me how to see. Teach me sweet surrender as you float between the breeze. Oh, dragonfly, remind me to let go. Remind me to be delicate as the process here unfolds as I'm watching this whole sea of dragonflies like floating between each other, landing in the water, on the pond, mm. on the leaves, you know, on me, around me, looking oh. at me. Like yes. they're, they're beautiful wings that are so delicate yet so strong, being able to carry their heavy bodies like through space and almost like a popping through portals kind of way yeah and just like watching them and 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 learning so much receiving so much from them in that moment of like oh wow yes like this is this is exactly why I do the work that I do so that I can be right here right now listening from the dragonflies wow ah <sighs> just the mm. I just love how the dragonfly landing on your finger mm -hmm. in itself brings you back to the present moment, right? It's like yeah. you're in your head, in your emotions, just processing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's a dragonfly on my finger. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Now I'm right here. Yep. It's like, hey, you made a vow with the earth when you came in here that you yes. wanted to be so fully here and you had to go through uh -huh. all this shit, you know, all this shit. Yeah. in order to to see that it's a, to have and experience the contrast of what it's like to be so fully not here yes 
just uh-huh. drunk for four years. Totally. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny because I feel like our timeline, since we're about the same age, like we're yeah. probably just drunk. drunk for four years about this. It overlaps somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was like 18 to, yeah, around like 22-ish, you know, like. Okay. Even, yeah. Even after that pivotal moment that I shared earlier, like I still drank uh, heavily for another like year after that. Yeah. Uh huh. And yep. then I, and then I like really realized I was like, yeah, no, I have to stop doing this. Like, this is not right. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it was like, oh, t- oh, nine to 2014, 15 for me. Yeah. Really 16. Let's be honest. 2010, 2016. 2010 yeah. to, to 2014 for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're done with that activity. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> a lot. Tie that on. Um, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's totally how I feel. Yeah. yeah thanks. I'm good. Um, and like- just like, you know, learning so much from that. Like I quit drinking for an entire year. Stop. I put the, I put the booze down for an entire year. And that was like, I was like 20 three years old and that no one was doing that you know totally. it's like yeah I was like nope I don't drink and people were like huh, huh? And I, was like, I don't know like I don't know I don't know and yes dude. was also running a fitness studio at the time I was teaching 12 bar classes a week and a few of this classical jump that I that I created and um and just like reform my life and, and really got present in that too. Like I had to be in my body in order to teach those classes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh huh. And like that, I was like, Oh yeah, like I can be here. Okay. My I nervous do system this. Is, is fucking terrified of this, but we can do this. We can try this on. We're like, yep. yeah, let's try this out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And then as I, for now I'm just like meshing right into my own journey of like trying it out. Okay. I can do this. This is, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm a little uncomfortable, but then another big part for me was learning like, yeah. Okay. It's totally fine. If you're uncomfortable, you can uh-huh. still do it, you know, and not like, yeah. Oh, this is uncomfortable. I got to go do something else. Cause that mm-hmm. definitely was a tendency of mine. Oh yeah. You know, I would say pre 2016 was like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. Okay, get me a beer, a bowl, or I'm gonna go do something else so that I don't have to feel this discomfort. Yep. And now I'm like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. I'm just gonna stay right here. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is weird, but it's where it's at. It's like a big shift. This is super uncomfortable. I wonder if I can stay here long enough until it pops and I learn something. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly, dude. Yeah, because <laughs> You know, I'm sure you know by now, it always resides eventually if I can stick with it long enough. And then I get the aha or the golden nugget. Mm-hmm. If I can hang. <laughs> if I can hang, you know. Cannot hang. So, and, you guys. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and it's also totally fine sometimes when I'm like, I can't hang with this. I'm going to go. You know, I'm like, uh-huh. and I'm not going to judge you for that. You know, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like, then it feels like, when I get to intentionally choose to not hang right. versus versus like my default in life is to never hang. And I don't even know that I'm not hanging. Now right. it's like, you know what? I hang a lot. And right now I'm going to go hang Literally out now. with them and do that thing or smoke that joint and like not think about this. And I will come back right. <laughs> that I'm more than happy to give myself that permission whenever the fuck I want it. Because now my life is I do whatever the fuck I want. Yes. New life, <laughs> which is <Yes>. really... <laughs> That's kind of really what brought me and Callan together as like, like 
hi, I need you in my life all the time. I love you a lot. Yeah. Uh, was like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, you're doing that thing where you do whatever the fuck you want. Hi, me too. I don't really know anyone who's doing that. What's up? Hi, <laughs> best friends coming. Want to do whatever we want together? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. Okay. Let's do that. Uh-huh. And so really we started having more conversations. You came up to my house for that women's retreat and then the next thing that we just wanted to fucking do together was what we're going to tell you about guys about today. And I'm so excited to bring this to you. Personal power party. Personal power party. Personal power party. Brought to you by Nikki and Freya Callen. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, honestly, we've been thinking like, all right, how do we help people step into really step out of their limitations, step out of their programming and into the magnificence that is already you. Yes. What we realized, and then the, the, the other question is, how do we make this fucking accessible for everyone? Because mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie to you, one-on-one time with me and Freya is not cheap. <laughs> no. We, we have one-on-one clients, I adore mine, I'm sure she adores hers, and they pay a pretty penny to have my one-on-one time. Yeah. Um, so, we're getting creative. How can we access you guys without breaking your bank? And so that is where Personal Power Party was formed. Yeah. Guys, yeah. Freya yeah. and I have created an epic, juicy as fuck, come as you fucking are, we actually mean it, mm-hmm. membership. And I'm so excited. <laughs> Literally so fucking excited. So fucking excited. So fucking excited (laughs) yep yeah so we've got a lot of things going on here just to give you a visual picture rainbows storm clouds lots of hearts um glitter everywhere yeah glitters everywhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) and really this is going to be this is currently a space where Freya and i like to hang out Mm -hmm. um sometimes in a more so we've we are who we are. So we do what the fuck we want. So this group is very fluid. Um, A lot of juicy little nuggets are going to come in a totally unexpected and unplanned manner when we feel inspired. Um, And we've actually done something we don't always do and come up with something we can commit to the members of our membership, to the members of Personal Power Party to bring to you each month. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did that for you guys because we love you. Mm-hmm. We sure did. Uh-huh. And so you're going to get weekly trainings. You're going to get live coaching and Q&A with Freya and I. Um, you're going to get inspired guest expert trainings, random meditations, oracle card readings, pro tips, whatever fucking little documents and workbooks and whatever we feel like just sharing with you guys. Um, I know I'm constantly making things to share with people because I have a lot to share. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited to have this hub to just put my content into where people who I know want it are already hanging out. Yeah. And like, here's the best part of this is that we are creating like in this, in this space, it's a co-creative space where you can come and bring whatever the fuck you're in that day in that you want to scream with you yeah you want to fucking hop on a live inside of the group and be like yo i need to scream and anyone who hops on live you're welcome to scream with me like hell yeah let's all from across the the globe like that sounds great Uh uh-huh you want to come in there and project your shit all over the place cool cool i'm gonna meet you in it yep 
It's going to be a transformational experience. Basically, this is a place where you can come. You don't have to be pretty. You don't have to be woke. You don't have to be this or that. You don't have to, again, bring your fucking projections, bring your anger, bring your sadness, bring your joy. We got it. We can hold space for all of it. You're going to get epic amounts of juicy fucking trainings, so much content that you can, tools that you can put in your toolbox, as well as opportunities to just drop in and be present with us. And a community of people who are doing this with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, the word family keeps up coming up for me. I see this as turning into a personal power family over time. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So it's going to, it is fucking epic and it's going to continue to grow into something so amazing. And I'm just really excited to have this, this community, really this, like, let's use the online space for what it is, people. Yes. Now, like so many of us are connecting from across the globe. And so here is our little meetup. This is our clubhouse. (laughs) This is our clubhouse. And like the best part of this is too, I keep saying that, but like (laughs) there's so many great things. (laughs) The other best part is, is like, this is the thing that I wish I had in those years when I was moving through that hard, hard, hard pocket of my life. Yes. This is the thing that I wish I had, like a supportive community who Mm. fucking gets it, who can hold space for the deepest, darkest parts of my emotional center. And like two people who've been fucking through it, who know how to, who, who know how to share tools with me to get through it too. Like this is that thing that I was looking for that I didn't have access to that I am now creating for my past self to go through Yes. So that she can learn all these tools, which ultimately is the only reason why I got here, right? Totally, I, dude. I want to. This is for you, old Freya. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, now that I'm thinking of it, a lot of you listening probably right now, I'm projecting our, I know I was kind of that person in my friend group from high school to be the first one to kind of quote unquote, like hop on the growth path, so to speak. Mm. And so it, like you're speaking, I needed this too, dude. I felt so isolated because I was trying to go to my friends who weren't on this growth path, my friends from high school, my friends that I just always had and talk to them about these crazy realizations and processing and emotions. And, and, and they just, they couldn't slash didn't want to, you know, they wanted to talk about the party on Friday. And so yep. this is that space when you're like, cool, I, st- I don't want to X, X say my friends from high school, you know, like we, I'm not ready for that yet, but like, I also don't want to talk to them about these things I'm going through because they can't hold the space. They don't understand. Okay, great. You can still keep your friends from high school and go to the party with them on Friday and then come Saturday morning <laughs> when all your friends are hung over at a personal power party and tell us about your experience <laughs> yeah. or hop on a training. Um, and the, the, the one other piece I want to say that makes this different from honestly any group I've been in is when we say co-created, Yes, we mean Freya and I are co-creating this with ideas and experiences we've had, but we also want you to be a part of the creation. And so if you're in our personal power party and you're like, you know what? I really want this right now. I need this type of support. I would love to see a fucking training on this. We want you to bring that. And we're not just going to bring it. And we're not just going to let your comments scroll to the bottom of the page. We're actually going to read it. Yeah, we want to know what you guys have to say. This is like we said, we're creating this for our past selves, but more presently, we're creating this for you, the members. And so we want you to be telling us what the fuck you want and letting us bring that to you. That's also why it's like so important to me. Like you bring what you're carrying in that moment. Yep. Like 
I don't know. It doesn't matter if like your husband cheated on you or you just lost your best friend or you totaled your car or yep. you just got a money and it's eating all of your sofa legs. I don't care what yep. the hell is going on in your world. I want to know what that, what that is. I want you to bring it to yes. space and then be like, it's bringing up a lot for me around this. And it's like, great. Like we can do a training on that and I can do mm -hmm. it right now. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm available, you know, I can do it right, totally. right now. Um, so that we're actually providing content that's valuable to, to each and you. every one of you. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And I think this is going to be so great because Frey and I are both so fluid. We are both living our dream lives from our dream homes, running our dream businesses where, mm -hmm. Both of us, we've done this many times together, are flexible in the day. Oh, I have time now. I have space right now. Or I don't. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be really cool because we're not saying, okay, every Tuesday you get your training. Because guess what? Sometimes on Tuesday, that training isn't serving you. But on Thursday, holy shit, that training would have been everything. You know? And so it's just ever fluid and changing with what feels right, where we feel inspired, and where you guys are asking us to show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's fucking awesome, you guys. So literally because it's so awesome and we want to we just love you guys and we want to gift you more and more value epic juiciness uh we put together a little present we did <laughs> yes <laughs> yay, 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 yay. So do you want to know what it is yes i do will you tell everyone about it freya oh my god okay yay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we put together a little present for for you guys because we love you so much. I think it's only for 15 people. Is that right? Or is it 10? Did we do 10? We have, we have space for 10, but maybe we could make space for 15 if that happens. We're fluid. Um, so we're, we have 10, but we're fluid to opening it up to 15. We have space for 15 of you. I'm just going to change it now. Done. Uh, Done. <laughs> We have, yes, we, we have space for 15 of you to come and join us in this group and be grandfathered in for the yes. rest of your lives uh -huh. for only $88 a year. Uh, yeah. A I'm sorry. Year. Can you say that again? $88 for how many months? For 12 months for the rest of your life. So what I mean by this is like an annual grandfathered in rate of $88 yeah. per year for you to be in this container with us year round. That's like less than $7 a month. That's or wait, no, I did that. I did that wrong. Okay. That's like $9 a month. That's less than probably anyone's coffee shop habit. Uh-huh. No, no, no. That is 12, 12 months. Holy shit. That's less than $7 a month. Yo, mm -hmm. for less than two cups of coffee. You're going to, let me make you a promise. This is a money back guarantee, people. You're going to get so much more goddamn energized off being in our personal power party than you are from a cup of coffee. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we are your natural caffeine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm often asked, what are you on? I'm like, I drink black tea. People are like, what? Yeah. People, people ask me that all the time. <laughs> You're not what are you on? I'm like, air and yeah, water. Air. Earth, air, and water. Not much earth these days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for you listeners, our typical, our normal price for this program, for this membership is $11 a month. Okay. So that's 11 times 12 is $132, I believe. Mm -hmm. So for the first 15 people, these are the only 15 people who are ever going to get in this group for $88. That's the deal. You 
yep. you pay for the full year right now. You pay the $88, you're in for the year, and then that's it. Every year after, you, you can renew at $88. You never have to. So even as the group raises in price down the road, which it, it very well may be, you are still locked in at $88 a year. Um, so yeah, we have spots for 15 of you guys to lock this shit in as a, at that juicy ass price. Um, so what I'm going to do, we're officially announcing this to our kind of tribes, you know, Instagram folks and whatnot next week. You all listening to the podcast are hearing this before anyone else. So you get first dibs at our $88 present. Um, the link in the show notes, top link, you'll see it right there. If you click that, it'll take you right to the checkout page and you can select your uh, poison. And so if you still see the $88 present there, that means that there's still one available. Um, yeah. So I would just go do that right now because it'll be the best decision you ever made. For reals, for reals. Mm -hmm. We're literally talking grandfathered in for the rest of your life at this price. Mm -hmm. AKA you get to be around mine and Freya's energy for the rest of your life at less than $7 a month if you want, while our full-time clients are paying thousands of dollars for that. Mm -hmm. To be in our, in our space one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. It's kind of an insane deal. And so even if you're out there and you've maybe like thought about, you know, maybe you're one of those people who's like, mm, maybe I want to work with Freya, maybe I want to work, work with Nikki, but I'm unsure, I'm scared. This is kind of an amazing way to taste us. Yeah. <laughs> See what we're all about at a very yeah. low financial. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Would you like a sauteed or seared? <laughs> Salt or sugar rim? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, damn. I want an ice cold margarita now. It sounds amazing. <laughs> I don't care that it's noon. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this is a great way to taste us at like literally the lowest price ever. I've never, there's honestly no way to work with me at this price. No. There, I don't have a single program. You can't even buy an hour session with me. No. And that's way more than $88 anyway. So like literally this is the lowest price that you can work with me. And it sounds like Freya saying, uh-huh, me too. So yep. yeah, kind of an epic opportunity. I can't wait to meet y'all. I'm so excited Yay! for our personal power party. Oh, yeah. Cool. I'm super high now. Fuck yeah. As it always happens. <laughs> Ray and I do this a lot. We hop on a Zoom sometimes like right after both of us sort of get up. And then it's like, okay, starting our day. By the end, we're like, oh my God, I have so much energy. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? I'm going to run laps around my house. <laughs> I'm going to go run 10 miles. <laughs> I'm going to send voice memos to everyone I know. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> hey, friends, get ready for a lot of excited ideas coming through the boxer. <laughs> um, I forgot to share with all, all of the listeners too. Yes. That when you, when you get access to this group, you also get access to first dibs and discounts on all of our Holy uh, shit. offerings. I, like, oh, hi, duh. This is why. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that. Cause that's like the best. That's the best thing. Ever. So all the best things, but this is another best thing. Yeah. This is another best thing about the personal power party. <laughs> You get access to all of our, our offers, whether they're digital courses or group courses, one-on-one, uh, one-on-one packages, uh -huh, you get yeah. access to those first so that, always. you know, these things that always sell out, like you get the access to them have. first, your first choice on mm -hmm. those things and yeah. special discounts since you're already committed to being in our energy field. Yes, because 
truth be told, we want to work with people who are ready to level up. And so by you showing up in this group and saying, yes, I want to be around this energy. Here I am. That says to me, like word, you're ready to level up. So yeah, when I'm offering an Epic group program, that's going to sell out like it always does. I'm coming to you guys first because you're already showing me I'm ready. And while being able to work and like support myself through my business is amazing. I don't do it to support myself. I do it to facilitate and witness fucking epic life-changing transformation. And so I'm going to come to the people who are most likely to soak that shit up. So really it's a fucking no brainer. That alone would be worth $88 a year in my opinion, right? <laughs> just to get special Water. discounts and first access to all of our programs. So good. Um, so that means like literally before I even send anything out to my email tribe, which is like my number one babes, uh -huh. I'm going to be posting in our personal power party group. So yes. you guys always get first access, always. First access before anyone else. Whoop, whoop. First VIP, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. So that's that. And I'm so excited to just fucking juice get just be juicy with you all i'm so excited to be juicy with you all i just let's get juicy let's get juicy i just realized we might have to make a theme song all of us together co-created i could see it one of our lives be like all right everyone bring your instruments like our personal juicy. juicy in the soul let's get juicy as we juicy. do the things and grow woo Girl, we onto something here. Yeah. <laughs> New hit single. Uh-huh. Yeah, look out for our CD coming soon. <laughs> Does anyone listen to CDs anymore? No. Please send me an email if you're listening to this and you're like, I have a Walkman because I'm honestly not convinced they exist anymore. So if they do, send me an email. I'm actually not convinced that they ever did exist. According to Freya, they never even existed. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like, like uh, record players. I'm like, no, those are new. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that because there's like a new wave of them coming out now and it's right? like hip again but like remember these were hot like 200 years ago yeah, oh, you're like, you're like, no that's not a thing that's new that's a new yeah. thing it's a new invention <laughs> our grandparents are all like turning in their graves and like oh my god they don't like, even i hate remember. you yeah i fuck it <laughs> <laughs> yay okay i feel really complete and energized right now how about you callan Freya, oh, yeah. anything else to say Nope, that's that's wonderful. That's all she wrote. We love you guys. We can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, there'll be plenty of snorts in the personal box. <laughs> Literally, I don't know how to laugh without either cackling or snorting. It's just <laughs> there's gonna be plenty, plenty of cat. Anyone who knows me knows I'm queen of the cackles. There will be nonstop cackles and snorting in our party. Just so you guys know. What do you What do you snort? I snort giggles. <laughs> I snort rainbows. I used to snort cocaine, and now I snort straight rainbow powder. Mm -hmm. Straight rainbow powder, <laughs> poured directly from my heart. Yes, into my nose. <laughs> oh my god, yes. All right, bitches. Just kidding, but I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can't wait. Out. We out. Can't wait to see you in the party. Uh. Uh. Oh wait. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Oh yeah! Welcome back, bitches. <laughs> All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this deep, 
open, vulnerable AF conversation with Freya Callen. And I hope you've extracted exactly whatever golden nugget you needed today. Now, don't waste another minute. Hit that link in the show notes and get your early bird lifelong grandfathered in $88 yearly subscription to our personal power party. We just launched this group. You guys are the first to know, and we've already uploaded some epic workbooks, lives, and mini classes in there. So head on over to the link, get your yearly subscription to Personal Power Party, and I will see you badasses in there. I cannot wait to connect with you deeper and know you more through this beautiful platform. And I love you guys so fucking much. I appreciate each and every one of you for all of the beautiful light, joy, darkness, chaos, creativity that you bring into this world. Mm. So much gratitude for each of you. I truly hope you've enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to catch you next week.